0: Are you feeling like you do too much? Perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed with all the different tasks that artists deal with. From tech maintenance, to communicating with your band, to finding time to actually work on your set list, or let alone be creative and write a new song, there are a lot of hats that you have to wear. Today on the podcast, I have author, blogger, and worship leader, Rich Kirkpatrick, and we talked about his new book that's blowing up on Amazon right now called The Six Hats of the Worship Leader. We talk about his story, the need to develop the people around you in order to duplicate yourself, and a lot more. And at the outset, before we kick this off, I want to just say this. This is not just for quote-unquote worship leaders. It's for music makers and artists of all kinds. So make sure that you pay attention no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, this will serve you. I guarantee it. That's where we're headed today on the CMB Podcast, Session 49. Welcome
1: to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith, as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God.
0: Hello and welcome to the 49th session of the Christian Music Blog Podcast. Uh, very excited to have you back with us this week, this Friday. If you're listening to this when it's going live, um, this, this podcast is a weekly podcast. I try to make it weekly. And um, here we are again on the 49th episode. Very excited about that. And we're all about serving you, the Christian Music Maker. And our website, christianmusicblog.com, went live last summer and um, been growing an email list, trying to gather Christian musicians, people of faith who make music. Um, if you're looking to grow and develop your artistic craft, to grow in your understanding of what music is, to, to, to um, really try to put it all together, this is a big jigsaw puzzle when it comes to being an artist and, and a business person and, and, and trying to make a living doing this. Um, And and for many of you, you're not even pursuing that. You're just wanting to learn how to write a song or get started. We're going to try to serve everyone between those two categories. And um, if it's your first time checking out this podcast, I invite you to go over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift. And I have a gift there uh, that I want to give you. It's how I use Evernote to stay more organized in my songwriting to um, write more songs more regularly, I think you'll, you'll get a lot of value out of it. It's a PDF and a guide, a, uh, an MP3 guide that goes along with that. And this is my way of simply saying thanks for checking out our podcast today. So again, go over there, check that out. It's a free download, christianmusicblog.com slash gift. All right, so really excited to have Rich Kirkpatrick. As I mentioned in the beginning, he's written a great book called The Six Hats of the Worship Leader. And um, Rich is pastor of service production and communication at Centerpoint Church in Marietta, California. And uh, he's a native of San Jose. He um, is now in, how do you say it, Rich? Temecul- Temecula? Uh,
1: Temecula. It's, it's basically right next to Marietta. So Okay. Marietta as opposed to Marietta, those of you in Georgia. So,
0: so Marietta uh. and, and te- uh, how do you say it again? Temecula. Temecula.
1: Nice. Yeah, when we moved here, my daughter said it sounded like a disease. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow,
0: yeah, I hadn't heard that of that town, but it sound it does sound very beautiful. It's Southern California, I'm sure it's nice.
1: Yeah, it is very nice, and Temecula is the kind of place that has um, horses and wineries. Beautiful. And pickup trucks.
0: And pickup trucks. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, man. Really excited uh, to yeah, really excited to just dive in. Um, and to let, you know, those of you who are listening to this, if you don't know who he is, um, Rich is awesome. He's got a great blog, rkblog.com. Um, I met Rich at a conference two or three years ago called Forge, and um, just really intrigued by his, his ministry and, and what he does. He travels a lot, and we'll talk about some of that a little bit later. But why don't we start with you just sharing um, your story of faith, how you met Christ, and how that connected to what you're doing.
1: Well, yeah, as a uh, kid, of course, I went to church. My mom took us all, and um, about eight years old, I got an intellectual decision, I think, even for a eight-year-old, to say I wanted to follow Jesus and got baptized. And somewhere around 13, it it made more sense to me. Um, And so at that point also, I got involved in music. And and then I went through this period where there was a disconnect between um, uh, the music that I was learning and, and how bad music was in the church. At least for my young teenage self, what I thought is, why why couldn't I do this fun music that I'm learning, um, or or something like it? So I went through you know kind of a um, a time in my life where I was really seeking. uh, When I was at music school, um, a uh, young woman would send me uh, tapes. Who I met in high school is my friend. Who I was hoping she would be more than a friend. And uh, so when I got back from music school, we um, were dating and. Uh, singing in a choir together at, at this big church. And I was really content to do that and, and finish school, um, volunteer at my church, and continue to deliver pizzas uh, for my brother's pizza shop. Nice. And, and, uh, and then, you know, things changed as part of that church. I ended up becoming on staff because I uh, recopied one of the choir arrangements that was Pretty shoddy. It was written badly. And so I said here to the worship pastor. I said here um, uh, maybe this will help rehearsal next week and He hired me and so when I was about 19 or 20 um, I started a journey till now, which has been quite a long time uh, serving the local church uh, as a staff member or full-time or, or volunteer Um, leading arts and music and everything from a music copyist for an orchestra Mm. um, and a big band to um, um, you know helping church plants and multi-sites with uh, worship leadership and then even being on executive management teams at you know mega churches where I've helped lead the process of expanding worship leadership in the church uh, to other venues and sites and and so I survived some of that. I made lots of mistakes. And so part of the reason that I'm motivated today is because I, I I'm a kind of a first generation ministry guy. And I feel that uh, part of the stewardship is just to kind of share, um, what I've learned and, and what works and what doesn't, and hopefully save pain for some of uh, the people out there who love their church and are doing their best. That's awesome. So that's, so that's my little story. And, uh, my wife and I um, have two kids um, that are kind of almost grown. I have a twenty-year-old. She leads worship. Uh, she's an intern at the church I'm at, um, leading worship there. And my son is going to be sixteen this year, so I'm scared about uh, car insurance and <laughs> and all that stuff. So I'm going through this new season in life, and uh, it's also afforded me a great opportunity to, you know, like you said, travel and and do things that you know when you have little kids, it's kind of hard to do that. Um, and uh, so anyway, I feel really blessed. Um, And I love the local church, and it just seems no matter what I've done, the ups and downs, I just end up um, focusing whatever I'm doing back to uh, either directly in the local church or to people that that's what they do.
0: Mm. That's awesome, man. Really, really um, can see your heart, even in what you just shared. I can totally see it in the book. Um, You open up with that that story about delivering pizza. Um, (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you certainly have, have worn all the hats that you describe. And and I love in Chapter 2, I think it's Chapter 2, where you talk about developing people, and that really—at um, what point did you begin to see in your journey there? I mean, you're, you're doing all these different things, and all of a sudden you realized, uh, I can't do all this on my own. I need to develop people.
1: Um, I think that it came uh, really strongly— um, course, in, in, in Bible school when I was looking at scriptures, and, and one of the verses I, I quote in there and kind of explain the philosophy is Second is Timothy 2, 2, where you entrust to others who then will entrust to others. And if you look at it from a, a left brain situation and you do the math, you continue to build into somebody who then reproduces, and then they do the same thing, and then you continue and they continue, you could see exponential growth. By developing people. And it's really God's plan. That's why the Holy Spirit's in us uh, as individuals to um, reproduce. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we try to fill a slot in ministry, and we don't really focus on developing a person so they get to a point where they can be uh, a reproducer. Uh, and so really, the it came to me uh, um, studying uh, that particular passage and others about what is like the passage about what is my resume resume is, is the change lives that, that other people yeah. have. It's not the uh, CD sales or book sales or platform size. It's, it's really how many uh, uh, changed lives am I leading? And so when they, when I look at them and they look at me, they're following um, Jesus. Um, so, you know, oftentimes we could say we've had a great Sunday um, experience or even a great production but the, the, the long story is, how many people are behind you saying, um, I'm reproducing now because I was a part of your ministry? And it may not be a large number of people, but I think over the years, one of the things that, if I'm proud of anything, is that there are a few folks that are doing that, and they're building into other people who uh, will do so. And some of those folks you're not going to see the result of, um, and that's okay. But I think if if we want to solve the problem about, I can't do it all, you have to find, um, I think, some principles that really, you know, they're not just business principles, but even business would tally delegations, a good thing, for instance. But you can't just delegate in ministry. You have to reproduce in ministry. Oh, um, and, you know, basically because people are both the product of our ministry, but also they're the means by which we accomplish ministry. So it's a both and. You have to both shepherd and um lead them to to do more. Um, and so that's different. That's different than saying, uh, let's fill a slot. Let's put you yeah, in there. So, develop, so developing people, to me, is one of the central uh, values I have for church leadership. And also, I think it's one of the things that um, we don't spend a lot of time. Like um, how, how many on a pro presenter or whatever the projection software you use, I mean, and I use, how much time do we spend training folks or are are encouraging them to learn more than just the bare minimum, um, and I I, uh, I think people are motivated by getting better at something, and they're motivated by um, having some self direction. And so reproduction means you can't be over the shoulder um, all the time. You're going to have to replace yourself, yeah. um, and so that's really where it comes from. And having been someone who's had that attitude, God's you know you know you plant a church sometimes they don't work out the way you think it would one church, we had 230 people, our first service, which was amazing, but then it didn't exist too long after that. So, but yet people were saved and there's reproduction that was done. It just didn't happen with that particular name. Mm -hmm. You know, the shingle on the door uh, had to be removed, but those people went somewhere. And so I think that that's what we need to build in our minds first, before we start looking at um, just ideas to get stuff done. Uh, there's a lot of people who know how to get stuff done. I have to get stuff done, and so I share that. But I think the foundation of delegation, the foundation of defining roles and all that has to start somewhere, and that's developing people.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And and I really love just thinking it through, just how you put it about it's, it's the both-and thing. I mean, not only does it serve you as as someone who is probably getting stressed out and you need some help, um, but it also it's also... Really, um, allowing other folks to grow into who God made them to be—that's fantastic. It's win-win.
1: Oh, I, I think that's one of the things that that we can find even just in the Scripture. Like my son and I, we read the Bible almost every day together, which is cool. And we, you know, do it on a screen, which you know, some people might say, "Oh no," but you know, so we uh, we're kind of geeky. You know, I just Instagrammed a picture of three of my five screens; they didn't all fit in the squared. Um, picture I took, but the idea is, you know, um, we can't, um, Oh yeah, we, we can learn both practical and philosophy. So if you have a philosophy in your dreamer, that's great, but real creatives, real artists ship. If you read anything from Seth Godin, he, he kind of talks a lot about this. And so what do you ship? It's one thing to say, these are great ideas and I want to write a song, but do you actually write a song? And even if it's not a great song, You know, a lot of people can say your song should be better, but where's their song? And um, you got to create, and you got to, part of being in a creative ministry is understanding that there is both a practical as well as that inspiration side. Otherwise, why be inspired to just talk about ideas? Um, Or to criticize, as some of us, uh, you know, sometimes worship leaders will get together and the church is bad and, and all this, and I don't like that because I think um, the church is is the hope of the world it's it's the bride of christ um i'm committed to it uh, you know just because there's a lot of divorces doesn't make the institution of marriage a bad thing. It just means people make bad choices mm. and the same thing is true of the church and I think those of us who are creatives, we get wounded in the church um, and so for us to have people as our focus because that 's what the church is um it I think it helps those of us in our kind of artistic minds to not get hung up with the perfectionism that we all get easily
0: wrapped into. You talk about, um, you call it the pyramid of execution where you have five um, levels, uh, four of which are you you call invisible and then there's the one that's visible and we don't have to go through all of them right now but I was thinking um, when it comes to, like number one is foundation, that's the the, the bottom one there, um, you know asking yourself why are you doing what you're doing what's the purpose you know just those those big questions that that we often neglect you know how do you how do you how do you suggest a worship guy a worship leader goes and presents something like this to a senior pastor um how do you can you walk us through how you would set that up? you know what I'm saying yeah like,
1: yeah and that's the, and that's exactly what this is written for because this is the kind of conversation that really gets the results your pastor wants. The pastor's gonna say to you. Um, hey, Nate or Rich, um, man, that song just didn't work or we wouldn't fill in it today or can you change this or that? And so then we go back thinking, um, you know, wow, I put my heart into this and I don't it doesn't make sense to me. And the, the feedback may be 110 percent correct, but that visible is what we attack. It's what you see um, and what we really need to direct our leaders to have a conversation about is what is the win and Andy Stanley talks a lot about this in, in his book the seven Habits of highly effective or effective ministry I think it's called our seven um, something like to that effect but mm-hmm. just look up Andy Stanley it's one of his one of his best practical books on ministry and so the idea is you've got to take your senior leaders down to, to say hey these are some invisible things that if we if you would spend the time explaining them to me you're gonna get visibly the, the results you really want because not only are you going to solve the problem for me but you're going to let me solve the problem for who replaces me for whoever leads youth worship whoever's my co-leader and whatever we do because then now i can be you i can i can i can take your vision and and the why and i can own that and then i understand why you're asking for songs like this and why you're asking for um The mix that sounds different, or whatever it is, because we can be on the same page about the why. So then you build up on that pyramid, the infrastructure, kind of like building a high rise. A high rise, there's a lot. It was a year of ground, below ground work, and then all of a sudden this thing appears, and people are like, "What? Where'd that thing come from?" But uh, for a long time, people, when there's a high rise being built, wonder, "What? Where's this? When is this thing ever going to get built?" But you know, to sustain something that's going to really be visible and strong and and long-term you have to have these foundational things and so you start with why do we do what we do on a weekend Mm -hmm. and if everybody in your leadership team is on the same page you look in the eye and say yeah we know then when you have the the sticky conversations about okay these little details that often good leaders are going to see lots of details and be annoyed in a good way it helps us satisfy um the, that we are seen as ones who are driven to fix those. Mm-hmm. But then we feel satisfied, I believe, as the creatives because we've been able to have that conversation to give us, I think it's a fuel to um, respond appropriately. And so that's kind of where I designed that pyramid of execution. It's just a way to, to take to leadership and say, can we have this conversation? Um, these are what's visible. We want to fix that. But there's some deeper things that, that aren't seen to the rest of everybody that may not you know, okay, we had some complaints about volume on a particular week, and we're trying to fix those. there's science involved in it. but really the conversation, you know, are we on the same page with what you really want to see? Mm-hmm. oftentimes you know some you know some women and men who lead worship are going to find out they are not on the same page as their leader and they have to ethically decide, do I live within my own or am I willing to understand the frustration isn't about the fact that the leader has these picky things? It really is something in my heart that doesn't resonate. That 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 how I study scripture, I'm at a different place than my church is, um, and so then a decision has to made. Well, will I adjust? Will I compromise? Will God allow me to? Um, and that really helps anchor a person in that and. But it's a kind of conversation that some of us don't want to have because it may reveal that. And we have to be willing to be scary. And the senior leader may not have an answer, and that may reveal to him a point or her or that they're weak in an area. And and that may be challenging to some people. But I think it's better than just saying, you know, passive aggressively, okay, we'll fix this, and never having um, anything that you can reproduce. So. Mm. And so that's the idea. It's just, it's just, it's kind of like in a marriage, you know, you have to really start with what's the most important, you know, it's not, you know, the, the tooth, toothpaste being treated differently, squeezed in the middle or on the end for a couple. There's more, those kind of fights that happen have to do with more things. And, 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 and really one of my friends, she, she said that this is like a, a marriage manual for a pastor and his worship leader or her worship leader and a, and actually a worship leader and um, our teams, too, uh-huh. because we have to sometimes bring, say, our, our tech director to a point that's saying, you know why we do this? Do you know why? It's not so that you can mix the way you want. The way that we're doing this is because we're serving them, those people, because we talk about in the pyramid, of course, the target, and then the people that we use, the tools and all these different things. And, and so it allows us to, have the, to know what level of conversation we're having with anyone in our ministry family.
0: I think one one thing that i I've picked up on that particular part, the pyramid I, I can see where some people, if they don't really understand where you're coming from, they might go, Why wouldn't people be number one and so I, this might be a little bit too much uh philosophical stuff i 'm doing here, but but I think there is a point that i have and and I think I, I hear where you're coming from, and I totally agree with what you're saying people is um is number one all the time but but there's got to be um a, a shared vision, a shared mission, a value system in place. And then, obviously, if those are different, you don't just sort of make everybody happy. I guess that's where I'm trying to go with this. You don't just yeah. make everyone happy because then no one's going to be happy. And so that's why well, you put people number th- uh, three, I guess, if, if that's – Well, well what I put it.
1: is – and when I talk – of course, the, defining the win or the goal, where's the goal post? Yeah. Or the goal, goal line to pass, um, to take the ball through or over, or kick in, depending on your sport. The idea is um, we have to define what that is. Now, it could be that some, like I had one guy I can I, I don't in some other class I think I mentioned, who I worked with and who basically said our win is that we have more people sitting in the pews and um, that more offering comes in. And so the problem with that is that you he was clear about it. I was not on the same page. I could not support that Yeah, because I could not get up every week thinking that, you know, there's not a deeper thing. And now I don't answer that on purpose for people. What that means? someone may say it is so that we resonate with our people at X level or whatever. Uh, That's our win. And then they can quantify that. And if it it doesn't, you know, people are going to have different values or or, or such. And, you know, if it's within the realms of of scripture, I, I could support it. Um, uh, but I, I didn't really want to go there, except to say that that's where, you, you know, specifically. Now, now I do go specifically when it comes to people, because what I say is, we serve as a worship team, or volunteers, or tech team, or whatever. We are second to the people we serve. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, someone says, you know, I I really, you know, I play lead and I don't want to play rhythm as much on the guitar, and I point as well the people we serve need a rhythm player first because we don't have a lead player for this song. Um, it's not your needs to have a ministry. Right. That's first. So secondary is we want to meet your needs because people are both the product and the means yep. by which we do ministry. But I think oftentimes entitlement comes if we in our own thinking. And also, if we talk with this pyramid with our leaders, they could see that This is how we're approaching it. We're not putting ourselves first for worship. We're saying, I come second before the mission of what their church has to be about. And then I come second to the people we serve. And then the people that make it happen that serve what we're serving, I come after them because I'm trying to figure out what they need. And then I'm thinking of the tools they need to accomplish what it is. And I'm part of that, too. So by the time you get to the public situation where people see, you could say, look, you know, all of this process is healthy now. We're, we're, We're not just dragging people on the platform to make cool music that draws numbers in Mm -hmm. we really feel even if we've lost some people in our church over it that we're going in the right direction that god's called us and we're humble about it but yet we're firm about it and and that's a healthier place to lead from than not defining it and honestly a lot of leaders don't want to define
0: yeah yeah yeah, I think I think that's a very important uh distinction yeah to make. I, I you know, I can just see where people might misinterpret the whole thing and be like, Well, people should come first and, and they do, but they're not really gonna come first if you don't get this order correctly, if that makes any sense. So I I really find it to be very, very helpful and, and right on, man. So I totally agree with the order and the way you've you've done it. And I think it's really, really um helpful. Um so let's let's keep going though. Um the hat metaphor is awesome. And I love what you say. You have this quote, um, you can wear a hat, share a hat, or give a hat away.
1: Well, yeah, that metaphor, wear a hat, share a hat, give a hat away, just, um, you know, of course, I'm wearing a hat right now. Kind of need, we need word pictures when we talk about stuff. Um, Yeah. And I want to, you know, you are the person that, that I'm trying to love on with this book because there's enough business stuff out there about here's how things should be you know good to great it's an incredible book that everybody should read and the second one that comes from that but you know we get beat up with all that that language and we need we need to cre- be creative enough to have our own language and i even encourage people to make their own language when i teach this stuff in workshops like word pictures and metaphors and most of our pastors are good communicators and so they appreciate us being able to define things in metaphors. so i just picked this one because it, it seemed like it was very simple. Um, And of course, the idea here is that there are six hats that I've commonly seen in any size church, um, specifically to the role of worship leader. And of course, most people who are full-time worship leaders might wear other hats because they might be the youth director, they might be a a business administrator, who knows what else they do. If they're lucky enough to be a full-time employee, it's not, you know, simply that job. And if you're a volunteer and you're leading a worship team, you're doing the same thing with those hats. If you're, if you're a youth group worship leader, you have to have these hats worn. And so the idea is, um, you know, as things change, how do we reproduce a worship team? Um, and when I had to start a couple of worship teams with zero people, um, and I look back at, you know, through the lens of, of hindsight, Um, I've seen, you know, it's not – the platform is – there's a visible just like the invisible and and, and visible on the pyramid of execution. There's hats that are worn, that are seen. There's up front leading uh, vocally or instrumentally music. And then there's things like scheduling. Um, There's things um, so forth. And what happens sometimes – and there's this like producer role, for instance, that's a hat – and this is one I think people don't recognize. So, for instance, you know, we all understand we need someone to run the PA. We need to schedule people. We need to hopefully love on them and pray for them. Uh, we need the rehearsals, to the music to actually um, effectively be prepared for rehearsal. And then we need to be able to deliver and communicate on a platform in front of other people. But one of the things that's really, I think, missing, you know, here you are, you're 30 seconds before things go on. You have your guitar or keyboard, and and you're ready. And three different staff members, and the pastor comes up and says, remember this detail for tomorrow morning, and this, so forth. And so all of a sudden, you end up playing the wrong chord, and you get in trouble saying, you know, you, you seem, and then you forget all the details, too, because maybe you played the right chord, and the only way you could do that is to just eliminate any distraction for that 15 seconds. So you're... You completely erase the 5K memory that, that you and I have for short-term memory, and you lead worship. And so what happens the next morning? Well, you're you're not organized, and you're not this, and you're not that, and what's wrong with you? And you're going, well, I forgot, and I'm, I'm a bad leader, bad worship leader. Well, you may not be. The, the point of this is to say that uh, there may be a particular hat that, if it's not worn, affects the other hats that you may be amazing at. And you may be amazing at the platform, but you're not seen as that because maybe you get flustered and that first chord doesn't get played correctly. And so, well, you're not a good musician. Well, no, you're, you're great. I played a coffee house and it's, it's spotless when, when I'm playing. But when I play at church, there's all these distractions come. I don't know how to deal with it. And so what I'm tra- trying to do is, in the neurosis of us who lead worship, give us kind of a sane, creative, fun way of, of looking at um, what we need to give away and share uh, it could be sharing worship leadership. Okay, someone else is going to lead that first song because I know I'm going to get bombarded. I'm not really there. And so they greet and they, whoever that person is, leads out. And then I share. So I I might share their worship leadership hat uh, on platform. Or I might share or have to give away, of course, a hat of PA because, you know, I can't really be behind the board and mix and be up front. Or maybe I can be every other week. So I'm sharing the hat. So that's the idea of it. Um, you know but you know you need to wear you know you need to wear and share and give away and and that's for some of us we feel like we got to do it all
0: yeah yeah you 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 have this I highlighted this in my Kindle the best and healthiest strategy is to hold on to the hats you are best at and communicate effectively the need for others to wear or share the hats you are not so good at then you say exposing your holes and filling them with others is how delegating works you should be a hero by empowering others instead of doing it all. Even if you can do it all, and that that just kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about.
1: And that was sarcastic, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, no I one mean, because no one can do it all. It's impossible. Um,
1: I tried. I tried. I know my audience. I know. Hopefully, a little sarcasm was seen. And even if you can do it all, um, and it's stating the obvious. I know you and I know this. Um, I'm not hopefully condescending to anybody about it, but it really. It begs to be said again, I think, in a way that, you know, we are the ones who are thinking this way. And um, we don't like to think this way. You know, we're perfectionists. We And, you know, the truth is we may be in an unhealthy setting where we don't have freedom to even – it seems like we don't have a freedom to, to talk about some of that disconnect of how many hats we wear and so forth. Um, and so I've been in some of those unhealthy situations. I have to think, okay – you know, what, what do I still need to own in this and how do I have sanity? And so I'm hoping that, that you know, I don't want to speak about the holes thing because sometimes some of us would rather die putting our finger in the dam than actually get someone who knows how to patch it up appropriately or, or repair it.
0: Wow, that's, that's a great and, illustration. Yeah. And,
1: and so what, what, what happens, I've seen um, this principle that if you leave a hole, there's like a gravity for those positions to be filled long as everyone agrees that that hole is there and, you know, it's something we're going to suffer through. But if everybody sees Sunday or whatever week in services you're doing, just continue great and um, never sees you lack anything because you are dying two days before calling to fill that spot. Mm. And they never see a Sunday where, you know, you knew you were going to have no drummer and you just dealt with it that week. Um, you're not going to be able to really replace that drummer without a hole. And that's true with the leadership positions too. Yeah. Um, you have to create the, the tension to pull the person in there because they're gonna think, well, I'm not needed. Um, leaders will come forward when they see that need. And for us, our leaders, if they don't see a pain from it, they're not gonna really, they won't notice it. It's like, it's all taken care of. And I'm like, what happened? Why is this guy left? And you're, you know, Sundays are having some troubles now, you know? Mm-hmm. it's and um, so that's kind of where that comes from.
0: Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And you already mentioned this, but um, you kind of touched on them. But I just kind of want to go over the six hats again for those of you who are listening. And and Rich goes through each one and really breaks them down even more, really nicely. It's worship leader, music director, tech director, service producer, programming director, and pastor. And I think um, I think it's really valuable that you went. To great links to really um, define those things clearly because I, I could see where some guys especially in smaller churches could go what in the world like how, how am I gonna <laughs> how am I gonna think of that, about it like that because I am the only guy and, and I think what you've done great though is that you've um, you've really made it clear that these you know when you when you really start to scale and a church starts to grow that's where these things go they turn into to big positions that, that need people focusing on those um, so yeah
1: yeah, and some of us, you know, you may have these roles kind of filled already to some small degree. Service producer, we have 60 people in the room, might be a 15 minutes a week, somebody just seeing, you know, making sure everything's started and the lights are on and everybody's okay. And that just could be, yeah. Yeah. your tech director might have to share that hat or whoever the PA, who's running your front of house. And so I really feel like in a smaller church, it's actually more advantageous to think this way because they... The larger churches, through their pain, learn this. But I think the smaller churches, you know, that I've served in, um, it really um, it grows. It, it um, hmm. a larger larger church, you know, you end up having to staff those positions. But would it be great if a church were to grow, already having people that you could hire who have you already identify as a person that could fit that role?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great.
1: So, you know, you have a guy who's a great music director. Maybe he doesn't even want the money, but he'll keep your music director for 15 years. I think we think too small in the potential of people. And so the goal of defining is just to allow us to say, okay, give permission.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yep. Yeah, so don't think that because you're a small church, you don't have to even have necessarily the title service producer because it sounds so official and so professional or whatever. But like you said, a 15 minute thing or someone just serves in, in that area could really be good.
1: You can make up your own titles too. I mean, the whole yeah, thing here.
0: Yeah.
1: You, okay. you could just say, okay, I, I wanna, I'll make it four hats or I'll make it 10. You know, I think it's the concept is just to give people a language so that you can take and have these kind of conversations wherever your, your weak points. You find that A game, that's my hat, you know, and then you see these are things that, that could help us grow. Mm-hmm. they can have people have a better worship experience and our pastor will feel free or will serve him too because he's he, he can be involved sometimes you know your lead pastor will wear help wear like a shepherding hat because he wants to be really involved in what you're doing and and he could see these defined um or she uh, for some folks you know that will be awesome and i think um you know i look forward to um you know seeing like in my situation i'm a service production pastor and and the worship pastor you know we're equals in our team we have two three different hats that we each wear um and i i kind of share to some small degree um uh music direction by just consulting you know like their keyboard players because i play keyboard here's um you know so there's a blend and then there's definition and then there's things that happen it's not easy mm-hmm. um no matter what size because then some of us you know, we're gonna have to give up the idea that you know i don't have control um and oftentimes we're scared of that uh what if someone's better than I am? And I say, if God's called you to it, then let's not be afraid of that.
0: Yeah, right on, man. So, where can folks find the book? I'll put a link in our show notes today, but why don't you go ahead and tell folks where to head?
1: Well, um, my preferred place is amazon.com because that's the only way I can track it. But so you can go to amazon.com and get it on your Kindle. And Kindle's, of course, every device from Androids, um, iPhones, iPads. PCs, Macs have a Kindle app that's free and it's only $2.99 right now. Um, $2.99. And you can also get it um, on my website, rkblog.com. Um, I have a couple different versions. If you prefer a PDF or something, you can get it there. If anyone buys it on Amazon, I'll, I'll give them the other versions um, uh, for free. I just give them a coupon. But um, So, anyway, yeah, the, cool.
0: Amazon.com is great.
1: Just or you can go to my, my website, and there'll be a link on there to the books and
0: so forth. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'll and I'll put those links in our show notes today. That's christianmusicblog.com slash 49, for those of you who are listening. Um, I definitely want to be sensitive to your time. We talked before we hit the record button about a couple of other things. Maybe we could bring you back for a part two or something. Um, awesome. Go for it. <laughs> talk, you mean go for it now or, or bring it back no, no, for you back part two?
1: No, i you can bring it back if you want, or if you want to go a few more minutes, it's up to you.
0: Um, well, I would like to hit um, what I call the lightning round advice section. It's uh, where I'm going to just throw out a few categories, and I want you to just, first impression, what comes to mind, you know, three or four words of advice for artists who are getting started, worship leaders, um, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, we have a lot of folks who listen to this who may not be, "Quote unquote" worship leaders, and you know, in these kind of positions, uh, I still think. By the way, that, um, and I said this in the beginning. If you guys are listening to this and you're like, "Well, I'm not a worship leader; I don't have to deal with this stuff," I, I would say that's a mistake. Wouldn't you agree, Rich? I mean, this is really applicable to yeah. so many people.
1: Well, I was uh, a friend of mine executive executive producing a film right now, and so I got to be on the set a couple days, and and you see crew and 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 camera talent and audio. Uh, director of cinema photography and so forth. So anyone who does any, in a course, recording studio, you got your engineers, you got your producers, you got your uh, mix, people who mix, you yeah. have people who track, you got people. So I think, you know, if we don't think in those terms, um, you know, like some people, they're a great producer, but they can't mix. Mm-hmm. And so we have to like learn, I think it's, it's, I think it's a principle that as artists, we have to find, you know, where we need the collaboration. Yeah. Uh you know, songwriting, I'm the best at a hook, but, man, I can't do bridges very well. So I need a partner. Maybe this this person, she's amazing at bridges. So
0: mm.
1: I got 80% of a song. It could be really good if, you know, I found out. And so I think that, that I the concept is just simply creatives, you know, that, you know, don't kill yourself if you're not a genius at every, like a Mozart. Because um, no one is except Mozart.
0: That's right. <laughs> Awesome, man. Um, yeah, I'd love to bring you back on and specifically talk about the hats that um, you know artists wear with regard to online um, platform building and and um, all the different things, especially with like business. And you know, I, I find that a lot of artists tend to give up in that in that world. Um, and for you know these kind of reasons, there's just so many hats that people could wear in, in that category. So maybe we'll bring you back on in the future, and, and because you've been exemplary in that regard. You've, you've run a podcast yourself before and you have a website, you do all kinds of stuff. You're an author, obviously. And so maybe we'll bring you back for that. Would that be cool? That would be cool. Awesome. I want to do this, uh, real quick, this little lightning round advice segment where I just mentioned a few categories and would love to hear your thoughts. And these are things that artists, Christian artists in particular, um, have to deal with. So we'll start with number one and, you know, don't feel, uh, I mean, if you want to keep going, you can. But these are uh, like just short real, little some answers. All right, music marketing.
1: Music marketing. Uh, as far as the local church is concerned, one of our problems is that we use music as marketing. Okay. Um, but at music marketing in general, how you do it? Um, you build a tribe, yep. not not customers. Um, you you find people. Anoisttrade.com. That's pretty much build your own tribe.
0: Awesome. Good. And there are no wrong answers. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm just saying good because I really like that answer. Um, uh, Along those same lines, social media.
1: Social media is is about being social. I think what the mistake a lot of us make who do it a lot is that we use it as a broadcast. And so, what's the most annoying thing is broadcasting. Political views, religious views, and things instead of having a relationship, which is what social is about. So my thing is keep it social. Hmm.
0: Very interesting. I like that answer too. It's always a tough one for me, I don't want to get on that traje- On that, I don't want to get into tangent there. Uh, um, all right, so we'll keep going. Um, church conflict.
1: You can't run from it because every relationship has conflict and tension. So I would say church conflict is church tension. You can either run from it or you can use it and leverage it to um, allow God to move you and your people um, in a direction. Uh, Retreating from conflict is um, a way to get wounded by it because that is an unrealistic expectation. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. Nashville.
1: Nashville is a cool place. Um, I like the frothy monkey coffee shop, um, there. Um, I think Nashville has being a kind of a Mecca for those of us who are in modern worship. I know a lot of the people who are really great, who publish and do music things there. Um, I think that the balance to that is indigenous, your church, writing your music for your people and championing that. And, um, I think Nashville has its place. Um, but I think those in the local church know what the local church needs a little bit more, to be honest.
0: Good, man. Recording and production.
1: Uh, Recording and production. I've learned um, in making projects and helping my daughter produce and myself and others that you really need um, people who are good. <laughs> and, if, and if you're not good at those things yourself, um, find a friend. Um, it really will help your project.
0: Good, good advice. Art and commerce.
1: Um, I think there's, I think um, utility art as utility is really the problem, not art and commerce. Uh, if we see art simply as a, an object to use and leverage, we're missing that, but um, commerce. Some of the best art are these commercials that we see, and so I cannot deny the fact that they. There's a tension, but also cannot deny the fact that real stories can be told through people who have enterprises, and some of the enterprises just just take Apple. They're artists, at least they used to be. Um, no offense to everybody who's Apple Mac person like me, but you know you you know I think art and commerce. Um, go for it We need benefactors we need, to, we need to see art supported by commerce But we also shouldn't be afraid If art is commercial
0: mm-hmm. Awesome <laughs> I know these are like massive topics And we could keep going on each yeah. one They could probably be their own episodes All right, Drum roll for the last one here NBC's The Voice
1: NBC's The Voice. I think there's something really cool about that. My daughter went through an audition with thousands of people in Los Angeles, not too far from where we live. And The Voice, um, in theory, it's about the voice. Yeah. But um, behind the scenes, you know, they're looking for profiling a certain look, even though the particular judges don't see that. There are a lot of screening. There is a lot of screening that goes on to find a marketable person with the right type of looks for their show so reality shows in general including the voice um are kind of photoshopped a little bit
0: yeah yeah
1: but Uh, but i love but i love watching it yeah Um, it's pretty good i have to say um i'm not watching it currently now because i've been busy
0: Mm -hmm. awesome man I will, uh, I will try to go back and put all of what you said in quotation marks so that we can all quote you in the future for these. If you don't, if you don't want to be, we'll take it out. No, but,
1: <laughs> no That's pretty good. There's nothing, hopefully nothing too, too um, scary there.
0: A little, a little bit to chew on. And um, if people have more questions or if you can treat folks, they can shoot you an email or something. So, Absolutely. Awesome, man. Um, all right. So, yeah. And, and again, where, where can people find you online?
1: You can find me at rk, that's Rich Kirkpatrick, rkblog.com. And you can email me at rich at rkblog.com too.
0: Sounds good. And uh, you're on Twitter, Facebook?
1: I'm on Twitter and Facebook, and you go got my site. I'll have all those funny links if you want to go and stalk me. <laughs> lurk. But if you lurk on the pages, just please say hey once in a while. Like, hey, you know, this is, wasn't too bad or this was really bad because that's part of what social is, right? Why be in the social media world? if you don't have conversations. and That's right. I like people who don't agree with me. It's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were talking about before we hit record, you know, a little iron sharpening iron. I mean, there's something about that that's in the Bible, actually. <laughs> uh, it is. All right, well, hey, um, again, thank you so much for being on our podcast today, and I would like to bring you back. If you're cool with that, maybe I'll reach back out to you in a couple of weeks, and we'll have you come on for a round two specifically about artists and uh, some of the things we just talked about social media music marketing um, and the future of all this stuff very good all right well everyone thank you for listening to the podcast thank you rich for coming on um, it's been awesome to have you on the show today um, again go check out his book that's at rkblog.com you can um, check out his blog and what he does there for today's episode notes you can head over to christianmusicblog.com slash 49 the number 49 I'll have links to everything we've discussed today and um, a few more things as well in the blog post. So, all right, you guys have a great week. I want to just uh, make sure that I thank you again. You are awesome for listening to this, for subscribing to our newsletter, for being a part of the conversation. Looking forward to hearing from you. So uh, don't don't hesitate to shoot us an email. Don't hesitate to shoot us a tweet. We're on Twitter at CMB And I would love to say hi. So, all right, we'll see you next week here on the Christian Music Blog Podcast. Adios, everyone.
1: Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.